you know, we want things to be noticeable, you know. Um, I've actually been, I've noticed myself in meditation at times um, um, uh, really liking to have a negative state because it was something, <laughs> you know. Well, here's something juicy I can get behind, you know. Um, kind of give me something to do. Um, and so those, those experiences that are neither pleasant or unpleasant can, can, you know, lead to that low energy state or they can make you restless, you know. Uh, I'm bored. What's, I, I, something needs to happen here. Um, and, um, or doubt, you know, things aren't working. What's, you know, I'm, I'm not doing it right, you know. Um, um, the one th- really wonderful thing about practicing on retreat and really practicing with the continuity of attention in all the activities we do is that we really have the opportunity uh, to practice with guarding the senses in a way that we don't so much in our daily life. Uh, because we're silent, we're quiet, and uh, things are so slowed down, uh, we can practice with this, you know, when we are um, eating, you know, we, we're practicing, we're eating in silence, you know, that's kind of a rare, uh, uh, rare opportunity, or, um, you know, walking outside, um, going to the bathroom, it's, it's a novel, novel activity here. Um, and so uh, it's a really rich time to practice with guarding the senses in everything we do. Um, so what I'd like to do is just mention each of the senses, and I want you to, um, I'd like to ask you to connect with them as I talk about each one of them. Uh, just really um, see if you can uh, m- make it real for a moment. Um, hearing, the sense of hearing. You're all hearing my voice, right? Um, might be pleasant or unpleasant, um, but the sense of hearing is active. It might be active in meditation, when you're eating, chewing your food, all these different ways. If hearing is unpleasant, uh, for instance, um, you know, it's, we hear a leaf blower. Most of us find that unpleasant. Um, you know, if we're mindful, we might say hearing, hearing, or maybe unpleasant, unpleasant. Uh, but if we can easily get caught, how dare our neighbor do that? You know, how, how could they? You know, and you can spin off pretty quickly. You know, it's, it's you know, 7 o'clock in the morning. Um, um, for me, um, you know, just hearing... Um, a, politi- a certain po- politician's uh, voice for a moment, uh, it just triggers so much contraction. You know, turn that off quickly. <laughs> um, uh, so things come in through the um, uh, through hearing. You know, and um, um, I was listening to. I was on a retreat. You know, and I was listening to a Dharma talk very pleasant. It was wonderful, wonderful Dharma talk. I was so inspired, so excited, and the thought entered in my mind, um, oh, my husband's got to hear this. I've got to play this, you know, I've got to, you know, he's, he's got to hear this, you know. And this was uh, the days before they had uh, the internet, you know, so everything was, you had to get, buy a tape, a rec- you know. Some of you remember those. <laughs> um, 
And I was thinking, oh, I wonder, you know, it was one of my early retreats. I didn't know what, what, what was available, you know. I wonder if this is recorded. How can I get a t- recording? And I got so caught up in how to share this wonderful Dharma talk with him. I missed the rest of the talk. <laughs> um, so that was pleasant, you know. And sometimes with pleasant things, you know, they're, they're in a way they're, they're, they can be more seductive because we don't know that something's happened. So, um, you know, the other thing that that happens on retreat sometimes, uh, and I know one person already told me they had one, um, you all know what earworms are? You know, that's what they call those catchy songs that uh, repeat over and over again in your mind. (laughs) Um, So they might be a pleasant song, you know, or or on occasion they're not, but um, but they just, you know, the mind hooks into them. And then how do we relate to them? You know, so maybe the, when you f- it first comes into your mind, there's like this kind of, oh, that's nice. And then when the 500 times that it's going around in your mind, three hours later, four hours later, uh, how are we relating to it? Are we getting caught by it? Because pleasant turned into unpleasant, right? And uh, so it's not inherent in the sense, you know, like when something's warm, it could be pleasant, could be unpleasant. You know, if it's like really nice warm day outside, it might be, you go, oh, beautiful day, I'm going to go to the beach. But if you have to, you know, dig some ditches in that kind of heat, you might feel differently about it. But the sense contact is the same. It's really how we relate to it. So the sense of seeing. You're all seeing right now. You know, when we see something we like, um, again, unseen, when we don't notice uh, um, that we're seeing something we like, it can easily uh, trigger craving for it. Um, A really common one on retreat um, um, is what we call a, a Vipassana romance. You know, where uh, you see somebody across the room you've never talked to, and uh, and suddenly you're, you know, this is the person you're going to spend your life with. You know, it might take you a couple hours to get there, um, but um, I remember um, just seeing a, somebody had a really beautiful shawl I liked, and uh, my mind just starts saying, oh, you know, it looks really warm. It looks like just the right balance. Uh, you know, and in my mind, I was already shopping, trying to, you know, find find the shawl I was going to have for meditation. You know, because I really needed a meditation shawl, <laughs> and um, so quickly, just so quickly, um, or unpleasant. You know, um, um, uh, I remember coming back from a long retreat, and um, we left our house. Somebody to. Um, uh, uh, we left our house to a friend to take care of because we were gone for like a really long time, and uh, you know, and we had a little dog. And we thought, okay, you know, we've got we've got this person. He's bonding to our dog. We're coming home, and um, and we walk into our house, and our living room is full of furniture, not ours. <laughs> um, it was just full of all this stuff, and um, and. We just walked in, and uh, I, I just started laughing, <laughs> you know. Um, but how do we? How we, do we respond? You know, here's the visual input. 
um, you know, do we get triggered? You know, come home from retreat and the kitchen's a huge mess. Your spouse or your kids left a huge mess. How do we respond to that visual input? We get caught in the story. So the sense of smell. That's the oldest part of the brain. And um, do any of you relate to the sense of smell this retreat? You smelled outdoors, sometimes indoors, next to you. Um, so um, a friend of mine, again on retreat, um, uh, he was uh, sitting, you know, sitting mindfully, meditating, and he smelled this terrible smell of stinky feet. And um, and as the time went on, you know, he you know he assumed, okay, this poor person next to me is gonna, you know, they'll go shower now. They noticed it, and next sitting, no change, stinky feet, mindfulness of smell, and um, it just went on for hours and hours. And finally, he said, I can't take it anymore. I'm, you know, I'm gonna go sit in my room. He went and sat in his room, and guess what? Stinky feet. <laughs> And um, so, um, <laughs> un- unpleasant, unpleasant smell. Um, pleasant smells, you know. I don't know if you ever f- smell the f- food wafting up here, you know. Um, you know, does that get you, oh, when's lunch, you know, does it catch you? You know, the thought is fine, you know, there's, it's not a, it's not, it's not necessarily clinging, but it can be. You know, you start going, oh, ten more minutes, ten more minutes. You know, it's easy to get caught that way. So the smell of taste, the, the, <laughs> the sense of taste. Um, retreats are a great time to practice with mindful eating, and I think, you know, most of you probably have been doing that. And, um, um, you know, the habits that we have around food, you know, um, uh, grabbing something before we're done eating, uh, you know, eating what we're eating, you know, just grabbing the next one. Um, At one retreat, um, and I think this was at IMS, which is like kind of far from everything, um, someone actually ordered pizza in the middle of the retreat and had it delivered. <laughs> that's, that's unseen census. <laughs> um, but what if, um, you know, when the meal comes up, you know, there's probably, even though we have wonderful food here, I bet there's probably some meals where you might not like what's being served. Do you contract around it? Do you get caught by it? Or are you able to just, oh, unpleasant, you know, I don't, not, not what, I, what I normally like. So it's just a place that we can get caught. So the fifth uh, of the senses is touching, uh, the sense of touch. I sort of um, like to lump the, um, we, have all, we have the external senses where we connect with the outside world. Uh, but we also have the internal senses, um, you know, such as heat and cold and pressure. Um, 
pain, all those senses. Um, so I sort of uh, lump them together with touch. Um, and um, any of those uh, experiences, you know, uh, touch, you know, um, uh, the blankets in the bedrooms are really soft, you know. Uh, you know, I've seen people, oh, write me, an, I've actually got notes about them, you know. Um, you know, where can I get one? <laughs> so it's easy to get, you know, oh, I want more of that, I want more, you know. And, um, you know, unpleasant, you know, we've, uh, many of us have been working with, uh, uh, you know, whether it's warm or cool or, um, you know, or whether bodies are aches and pains. Um, one of the practices that I think is uh, really good is to um, um, not constantly adjust your environment to your perfect comfort. You know, we've, in our culture, we've trained ourselves to uh, have, you know, oh, it's a little warm, we turn on the air conditioner. It's a little cool, we turn on the heat. And we've kind of closed a range of our ability to adapt, for bodies to adapt. But it's not just that our bodies don't adapt as easily, but it's that our minds don't. Our minds can get really fussy. When we try to get everything around us just right, let's get this just right, uh, the mind has, is much more prone to unskillful states. Uh, because it's, um, you know, it, it's always looking for to make it perfect. Let's make this perfect. Um, but we can appreciate our senses, you know. Our, you know, our senses are wonderful. We can enjoy the warmth of the sun. We can enjoy um, um, the, uh, the smells, the food. Um, it's just being really staying connected with the experience. The more we stay connected with our sense experience, the less likely we are to get caught by it. The mind is seen as the sixth sense door. Um, the objects of the mind, the, um, the memories, the uh, visions we get, the fantasies, concerns, those are also pleasant or unpleasant, right? You know, you might have a, a fantasy of, um, you know, some vacation or, um, you know, or seeing an old friend, which are these really, you know, warm, fuzzy, pleasant uh, fantasies. Um, or you can have these um, uh, real difficult memories and challenges that come up. Um, um, so the pleasant ones are often where we get lost quite easily. Um, you know, they're pleasant and they're nice to continue. Uh, the unpleasant ones we get lost quite easily too. <laughs> so really noticing, you know, um, what enters the mind and if it's, is, is it pleasant or unpleasant, allows us to, to see that little bit of, ex uh, gives us a little more room yet to be mindful of it. Um, like if it's unpleasant, often uh, what, what happens is we want to fix it. The habit of the mind is to fix it. Okay, that unpleasant thing happened, let me work on it. I'm going to work on that part of myself. I'm going to do something about it. Um, 
you know, in daily life, um, um, working with this, with um, avoiding unskillful uh, mental states, you know, we may need to um, actually protect ourselves from, uh, for instance, if we have uh, addiction tendencies, we may need to uh, protect ourselves from um, those temptations. Um, uh, if we have tendencies to, to gossip a lot, um, and it's really strong, we might want to maybe not spend so much time with people who gossip, you know, maybe spend time more with people who are, um, um, you know, have, have a commitment to right speech. Um, So the other aspect of uh, <clears throat> preventing unskillful states is restraint. And um, it's restraint is not giving in to unskillful reactions and desires. So it's like, you know, not giving in. And the, and the, uh, the really good example of, of uh, are the five precepts, right? Those are we all vowed to refrain from these different things, right? And so, for instance, right speech, you know, we refrain from lying or hear from, from speaking and unless it's necessary. Um, if we lie, uh, it triggers unskillful mental states. You feel unsettled, you've got something to hide, to protect. Uh, you're no longer open, you're no, no longer relaxed. Uh, so each one of the precepts is really um, an amazing protection uh, to our states of mind. And, uh, and that's by restraining our activities, restraining what we do. If we have those, those habits, if we have a habit of lying, or we have a, a habit of, um, um, of gossiping, um, um, or, or right action, like... Um, um, you know, some some of us, you know, like to speed when we drive, you know, and then spend the whole time being paranoid that a cop's, uh, you know, we're going to get a ticket. Is there a cop in the rear view window? You know, so so we may be enjoying the speed, but are we actually um, uh, at ease in a, in a um, skillful mental state, or are we feeling um, more tense and, and apprehensive? Um, one of the things on retreat, um, you know, I find really helpful is to um, restrain from looking at others during the retreat. And um, um, one of the things that happens is when we, um, that I found for myself, you know, if, if my attention kept looking at others, you know, I'd start getting really judgmental and critical, and I'd get caught up in that. You know, and uh, by restraining myself from doing that, you know, I was able, it really helped me to keep my attention uh, in my own process instead of spinning out in all, all these judgments. Um, or not just judgments, I get into comparing mind, right? I look at somebody and I'd see they'd be walking so, so nicely and, oh, they're much deeper in meditation than I am. You know, and so 
get all this comparing mind, you know, and, um, you know, by restraining myself from, from, um, from going there was really helpful for me on retreat to really, um, you know, work on, on myself instead of getting caught in these states. And, um, you know, when very juicy thoughts arise in meditation, um, you know, either pleasant or unpleasant, you know, we, we often um, have to really, you know, as Gil said, say no, you know, really firm no, you know, because um, they're so juicy, they're, they're just so tempting. Um, you know, I know I've spent a lot of time on retreat, you know, um, you know, I get really inspired by the practice, and then uh, I just go right to the future, you know. Well, when I get home, I'm going to be a really good yogi, you know, I'm going to do this and this, you know, and, and off my mind would go. Um, in daily life, um, um, restraint, you know, can really uh, be really helpful when we apply it to um, how we use the internet for one, how we use our um, little um, little glowing boxes, as my husband likes to call them. Um, uh, what we read, you know, what, what are the activities we do, you know, to restrain to some degree on them, so we um, so we um, really nurture our skillful mental habits. At every moment, every moment, we have a choice what we do with our minds. We can either embrace the skillful or embrace the unskillful. We always have that choice, regardless of our mental state. And um, the practice gives us the space to actually see that moment of choice. But it's always there. And um, I just want to finish with um, um, think of thinking of our minds. Um, you know, when we meditate, um, as if we're inviting an honored guest into our minds. You know, we have the Dalai Lama coming over. What do we do? Um, we um, we clean up. You know, we clean up, we're glad in our, our minds, we, um, um, we don't fall asleep, you know, get, get lazy and slouchy, you know, when, while he's talking, while he's visiting, right? Um, we're fully there, you know, we're just uh, excited, we're, um, um, you know, really care about uh, the presence of this honored guest. And can we treat ourselves as this honored guest? And um, so that's what I'd like to close with. So thank you. Um, let's sit for a little bit. <laughs> 